So what a privilege to, uh, to be hosting communion as, as we prepare uh, for, for Resurrection Sunday. And uh, I just, for those of you that have not been here uh, before or have not been here for communion, uh, here at WCC, we practice a believer's communion. So that means if Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, please join us for communion um, and grab the elements as they pass. Um, if you don't confess Christ as Savior, um, we hope that someday you will. And um, if you have any questions about that, feel free to approach me or Adam or any of the elders after service. We'd love to chat with you about it. But please do let the elements pass um, if, you, if you are not a Christian. Um, so at this point in communion, um, we like to examine, we, we need to examine our hearts uh, before, we, before we meet with the Lord uh, together. And in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verses 27 through 29, Paul says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. Uh, so as the ushers come and distribute the elements um, and, and Aaron leads us in song, just please uh, take the time to think about sins of omission, sins of commission. Uh, think about people that you might need to, to forgive um, and, and just really spend time with the Lord preparing your heart. He is good and kind and gracious and forgives our sins and wants us to have community with him. So as David <clears throat> prayed in Psalm 139, search us, O God, <clears throat> and know our hearts. Test us and know our anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in us and lead us in the way everlasting. In 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and 24, Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Please take the bread together. Paul goes on to say, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. Sit down. Sit down. I only get... I mean, you're like 30 minutes, and you all know that, boy, I, I just keep right on going, and I'm kind of used to that, but we are back in Second Peter. You're back in Second Peter, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Um, if you don't have a scripture journal this morning, because we have went through 200 of those so far, I did put the scriptures in the bulletin this morning, so you can follow along that way, but I've titled this one, uh, Nothing, New, Nothing New Under the Sun. Nothing new under the sun, verses 1 through 3. Um, but a bit of review, because remember what we said. We said um, chapter 1 is the good, chapter 2 is the bad, 
And chapter 3 is the great. And so we're going into the bad. So a bit of review, just three, three, I think, major points that Peter has made so far are these three. Peter reminds us of our God-provided salvation. He says, remember that you are saved, that God planned it, that Jesus purchased it, and the Holy Spirit is polishing it. Remember that. Review that in the forefront of your mind that you are saved and God has provided that. Secondly, Peter encourages holy living of this faith. So he went through that whole list and he says, now that you're saved, live out that salvation. Be about living out that salvation in your everyday life that you have. You need to be, have that in place. And then number three, Peter elevates scripture above his, even his own experience. So he tells us about, hey, I was with him on the holy mountain. I was with him when Moses and Elijah showed up. I was with him when he was transfigured. I was there. I saw him. I heard him. I was with him on the holy mountain. But even above that, even beyond my own senses, we have the prophetic word which is more fully confirmed. We have the word of God that we are holding in our hands that's more fully confirmed than even my own senses of being with him. Now, as we go into chapter two, I think these three are really important that we do when we, because we're going to talk about false teachers in chapter two. When we are, are, are dealing with false teachers or things that are not true to God's scripture, we need to remember that we're saved. We need to be living out our salvation, that we're walking with God on a daily basis, and we need to realize that, wait a minute, we're going to be going back to this uh, over and over and over again, because this is our guide. This is what directs us. This is what helps us to know what the truth is. So let's go to the passage of Scripture this morning, and I want to read through it first. So verse 1 says, But false prophets also arose, among the people. Now the word arose there is past tense. So he's saying something happened in the past. And then he says, just as there will be false teachers among you. Now he's moving toward the present. Just as it was in the past, the same thing is happening now. Same thing is happening now among you. Who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Verse 2, and many, on the count of three, everybody say, ugh. One, two, three. Ugh, oh, I wish that said few, but it doesn't. It says, and many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. Verse 3, and in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. We're going to really hang on that when we get to that one. False words, because he just got done telling us about whose words. God's words, God's words. They will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. It's not asleep, meaning, meaning he is awake, and he is alert. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for our time gathered together in this place, um, and we thank you for you as our Heavenly Father, who has given us your words. We thank you for the word made flesh, Jesus Christ, who died upon the cross, rose again on the third day, ascended into heaven, and is coming again. We thank you for the word being illuminated to us through your Holy Spirit. 
your Holy Spirit guiding us in your truth. So Lord, help us as we walk through these verses this morning. In thy precious name, amen. So going back to verse 1 again, going back to verse 1, but false prophets also arose among the people. Um, he's talking about the past. He's saying, look in the past, look to the Old Testament. And during the time in the Old Testament, um, there were prophets, but there were also false prophets. And, and we'll read about what happens or the condemnation of the false prophets. But he's saying the people among the people are the Israelites. He's drawing them back to the Israelites. He's drawing them back to kind of like the time of Moses and the Exodus and and there were prophets, but there were also warnings about false prophets. The second part of that verse, or the second phrase in that verse, just as there will be false teachers among you. Now what he does is he brings it into the present. The among you, who is Peter writing to? Peter's writing to the church. Peter's writing to first century uh, Christians who are being persecuted. And so he says, just like when you read the Old Testament, when you read about the prophets of old, there were false prophets also. Just now, you have teachers, but be warned, there's also false teachers today. And this really is a warning sermon. These next three sermons, really, are a warning to the church to beware, to beware. So, you know how I always like to connect Peter and Paul together? Just to show that at times they are saying basically the same thing. Both of these giants uh, in the New Testament are saying the same thing. So in Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 28, Paul says to the Ephesian elders, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. So there's the focal point is the church, is the church. Then he says, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you. Savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. They will do some destruction. Even from your own number, you could say ugh again. Ugh. Oh, even from their own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. Not to draw disciples toward Christ, to be disciples of Christ, but to 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 draw disciples toward them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning, there's that word, warning each of you night and day with tears, with tears. So we see Peter and Paul saying the same things in these passages of Scripture. Now, I love it when I can make a chart. I love it when I can make a chart and, and the passage of Scripture kind of falls along those lines. And, and this one does it. Sometimes it, it really helps me to to dissect what is there. And so I, I made this chart of like, how do they operate? How do these false teachers operate? And then what's the outcome of how they operate? What's the outcome? And then what's, what do they focus upon? What do they focus upon? So if we take these verse by verse in chapter, in verse one again, it says, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves destruction. They secretly bring in. This is, how, this is how they operate. What they say sounds really good. Actually, what they say sometimes follows right along Scripture at times, but secretly bring in means they are supplementing. They're supplementing it. And, and the word means also with craftiness. They, they say it in such a way that it's, wow, that sounds right. 
that really sounds good, that really because they craft it in there, but it's additions. It's additions that they bring in quietly, secretly bring in. But these things that they bring in, Peter says, are destructive heresies. Another way of saying they are destroying choices. Because what they're bringing in is additions, what they call additions to the truth. So now you got a choice to make. And Peter says these additions that they bring into the truth are destroying, are destructive, and they will be so bold even to go and deny the master who bought them. Now, the master that bought them, don't think of salvation because we're talking about false teachers here. If we think about the false prophets of old, the Israelites coming out of Egypt, they were under the bondage of Pharaoh and the Egyptians, they were slaves to the Egyptians. And God provided Moses who led them out of Egypt. Who delivered them from Egypt? God did. God did. And, 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 and there's some passages that say that he bought them. He bought them and brought them out. Now, is every Israelite a true Israelite? Is every Israelite a follower of God? No, no. But did every Israelite during that time benefit from God? Yes. Yes, they did. They walked across the, the sea. They, they split the sea. We just sang that in the song. They split the sea and they walked across the underground. ground. They ate manna from heaven. They drank water from the rock. All of them benefited from this God who bought them, who bought them. But even in the past, what did some of those people do at times when things weren't just kind of going their way? Well, it would sure be better. It was better back in Egypt. Oh, I know it was better back in Egypt. That, that master over there was much better than the one we got now. Even denying the master who bought them. Now let's bring it up to the present. Let's bring it up to the present. And you know the answer to this. Is everybody that goes to church a Christian? No. No. Not everybody who goes to church is a Christian. But do people who go to church benefit from being amongst the family of God? Yes. Yes. I mean, it's one of the greatest places to be. It's to be among a church that has followers of Jesus Christ who are fully devoted to him. I mean, because they're loving one another, they're caring for one another, they're forgiving one another, they're, they're bearing one another's burdens, they're, they're weeping with those who weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice. I mean, it's one of the greatest groups to ever be a part of. And you benefit from being a part of it so you can have this, I call it common grace from God, common grace from God, but it's not saving grace. Here's the big flag. In false teachers, I had to find something red. I, I, when I found this, I thought, well, maybe it's a new type of church now, see? See, I just made a new type of church. No, no, I'm not going to use it for that. And then I thought, oh, this is red. I could have somebody come up, you know, and ole, ole. No, not that either. No, I just want to wing it around. Huge flag. Huge flag. Whenever there's a teacher... Whenever there's a teacher who makes Jesus or God less than he is. Even denying. I mean, that he's going all the way to the end. Even denying the master. 
But anybody, any teacher that makes Jesus less than he is, he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one of God. He is the Redeemer. He is the only way. If anyone makes Jesus less than he is, that's this, right? That's a huge red flag. And I'm saying this to you now because, wow, it's different. I mean, I've been in church my whole life. And I remember the only place that we used to get our information about God was in our home and also in our little local church. We didn't have all the stuff that's flooding at you now. You have so much stuff flooding at you now from every direction possible that you get all kinds of voices coming that's talking about religious things kind of thing. And so you really need this. You really need to, if you're listening to someone, are they making God or Jesus less than he is? Usually when they make him less than he is, who are they focusing on? Themselves. And so there's flag number one. Flag number two, it comes in verse two, and many will follow their sensuality because of them. The way of truth will be blasphemed. Their sensuality, they go toward your eyes. They go toward your senses. They go toward the things that will get you to go, ooh, look at that, look at that. And, and again, many will follow. We go back to the Garden of Eden. What happened in the Garden of Eden? See, Satan, the serpent, was over there polishing that fruit. He was polishing it, getting it to look just so... Because it says in the scriptures, it would look good to her eyes. It looked good to her eyes. And I put a, how we love the glitter. We do. We love the glitter. We love the wow. We love the woohoo. Look at that going on. I, I, Stephanie will really get mad at me and she'll tell me, don't do that again afterwards when we go to dinner. But I am so thankful that you come and look at this ugly mug every Sunday. I am. I am so glad. I'm kind of frumpy. And I, you know, and I am uncouth at times. And I, I'm not much to look at. Okay? Amen. <laughs> there, right there from John. See? Amen. But lots of times false teachers will put on a show. And they'll, it's glittery. It's appealing to your eye. It's appealing to your senses. And he says, the way of truth will be blasphemed. It's interesting, the way of truth, meaning there is a way of truth. The proper way of what is true. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So even that way of truth is blasphemed. Blaspheming means that way of truth is spoken evil of or evil against. And the way that we get it today, well, there's many ways to God. There's a whole bunch of different ways to God. And not only are there a whole bunch of different ways to God, but they're all kind of equal. Well, however you get there, that's fine. Here's the big flag. The big flag is when they start speaking about another way. Because there is only one way. And that's through the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. There's only one way to Him. It's, it's because we have a God who loved the world so much that He gave His one and only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. 
have eternal life. So here's a red flag. If they say something less uh, than Jesus really is, and then if they start promoting another way, another gospel, red flag. Third one. Third one is verse 3. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. In their greed. That's a big clue. In their greed. They want something from you to have more. I, I thought about this in the temptations of Jesus. In the temptations of Jesus, think about that. The first one, Satan said, make these stones into bread. Make these stones into bread. Because it's, Jesus hadn't ate for 40 days. And so, but, but the whole thing was, you get something. You get something, Jesus. If you turn these stones into bread, you're going to get something. You're going to get something to eat, you know? Then the next one, where he, he takes them up, and he, he says, just jump off the pinnacle. Just jump off. Because we know, we know, we know from the angels are going to catch you. And when they do that, boy, woo, look at that. Man, wow, look at me. Look what happens when, when I do something kind of thing. What are you, you're getting something again. You're getting something again. Third one, third one is takes them, shows them all the kingdoms of the world. All, all of this, Jesus, could be yours. You know how mocking that is, but all of this could be yours. All you got to do, all you got to do is just kind of worship and bow down and worship me. That's, that's all you have to do. But look at all you're going to get. Look at all you're going to get. They're, because of their greed, they will exploit you. They will say, I've got something to trade. I've got something to trade with you. Do you remember Let's Make a Deal with Monty Hall? Oh, yeah, you're still watching it, right? Yeah, Monty, if you're, okay, some of, who does not know what that show is? Anybody? Okay, there, there's a few hands. I see the hand. Monty Hall would come out and have his flashy suit and everything else, and he would say, okay, you want curtain number one, curtain number two, or curtain number three? Which one's it going to be, Kate? Cur curtain number one, curtain number two, curtain number three. So they, Kate says, curtain number two, curtain number two. They open up curtain number two, and it's not the greatest. It's not the greatest. He's, but wait, but wait. You can trade curtain number two for curtain number one or curtain number three. Which one would you like? Other times, he would hand you $1,000. Say, here you go. You got $1,000 in your hand right now. But just wait. There's a box over here. There's a box over here. And you can trade the $1,000 that you have in your hand for what's in the box over there. What are you going to do? And, and of course, he, he says it in such a way that you're like, I don't know. I got a thought. I don't know. That's kind of what's happening here with these false teachers. They're exploiting you saying, I've got something better. But wait a minute, what do you have in your hand? You've got your salvation from God. That's what's in your hand. And you've got His Word that's in your hand. They exploit you with false words. The word false means molded of mud and clay. Molded of mud and clay. I think that's really great. Because what are we made of? Mud and clay. Yeah, we're made in mud clay. So it means he, they're exploiting you with man's words or man's speech. And what did we remember last week or two weeks ago when you talked about God's words? God's words are God's words. So what they're going to do is they're going to try to divert you from God's words to 
their words. That's what they want you to trade. So here comes big flag number three. Big flag number three is when they, when they, they say, we've got something better beyond the words of God, the Bible. The Bible. So here's just a, a way of reviewing it again. Beware of those who make Jesus less than he is. Beware. As you're listening, as you're watching, beware of anyone who makes Jesus less than he is. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's who he is. Beware of those who promote another way. There's another way to God. There's another gospel that you can follow. Beware of that. The third one. Beware of those who have another book or another, uh, uh, their words over God's words. Another book. Okay, now, this ends with their destruction from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. Their con condemnation, condemnation from long ago. So he takes them to the past. He takes them to the past. Well, what is that condemnation? from long, long ago. So go to Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy chapter 13, this is long ago. And in Deuteronomy 13, it talks about the false prophets and what their condemnation is. And actually, we're going to start with verse 1 and we'll end on verse 5 here. Deuteronomy chapter 13. It says, if a prophet or one who foretells by dreams appears among you and announces to you a miraculous sign or wonder, and if the sign or wonder of which he has spoken takes place, so it, it has taken place. He said something was going to happen, and it did happen, okay? And he says, follow us, let us follow other gods, gods who you do not know, have not known, and let us worship you must not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer. Even though he did something flashy, spectacular, glitter was flying everywhere, and he says, we need to follow other... Shake your head, Gene. No, no, no. The Lord your God is testing you to find out whether you love him and all your heart with all your soul. That's a, that's a tough sentence. That's a really tough sentence because he's saying, yeah, I let, God said, I, that happened. I was in control of that. I, I let that happen because I'm testing you. I'm seeing who you truly are going to follow. Who are you truly going to follow? Are you going to follow me or what this other guy is saying over here? Who's doing some spectacular stuff? Which one are you going to follow? It says, it is the Lord your God you must follow. And him you must revere. Keep his commands and obey him, serve him, and hold fast to him. Here's the consequence, verse 5. That prophet or dreamer must be put to death. Woo! Wow. Because, here's the three flags. Because he preached rebellion against the Lord your God. There's first flag number one. He speak rebellion against the Lord your God. He made God less than what he is. Second flag, who brought you out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. He, here's the second flag, making God less in his redemption than he is. 
Who was the one that brought them out of Egypt? It was God. It was God who performed the ten plagues. It was God who did all of that. If we jet it up to our day, how are people saved today? It's because of Christ on the cross that we are saved today. Flag number two. Flag number three. He has tried to turn you from the way the Lord your God commanded you to follow. Flag number three. He's trying to turn you from the way God commanded you. God spoke to you. God gave you direction. He's trying to get you to turn. And then he says, you must purge the evil from among you. In our passage, the scripture says, and their destruction is not asleep. So their condemnation, this condemnation is from, from long ago is not idle. It's, it's still on the books. It's still on the books. It's still there. And their destruction is not asleep. The destruction that will come to them, God is aware of it. God is alert of it. And at sometimes in our scriptures, we see God acting, boom, just like that. Not always, but every once in a while, boom, he, he responds, boom, just like that. And he can do that at any time. Any time. So I want to end this this way. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I want to end this this way. Remember again, beware of those who make Jesus less than he is. If there's any hint that they are making Jesus less than deity, than the Son of God, beware. Beware of anyone who, who, who promote another way to God. There is only one way to God, and that is through Jesus Christ. The third one, beware of anyone who, who says they have another book or, uh, or their words over God's words. Beware. That's a red flag that's flying like crazy. And we need, to, we need to walk the other way. We need to turn that off. We need to say, no, I'm following what this... And, and this is where this salvation comes into play. I, I know... I've been saved by God, and God provided it, Jesus purchased it, Holy Spirit's polishing it. I, I'm walking in my salvation. I'm living out my salvation each day. So I'm aware of my God. I'm aware of what, I'm, I, I'm taking in what, and thirdly, those scriptures, I'm taking in what God has said. So when I hear something that is not what God has said, it's a trigger, right? It's a trigger. Like, ooh, that, that's not right. Some things, that, and that's the Holy Spirit triggering you inside of you, saying, ah, something's not right there. And as I said before, this is a warning chapter. It's, it's not like, woohoo, man, we got to talk about this Sunday kind of thing. You pray for Pastor Robert. Pastor Robert's preaching next Sunday, and, and he's got a passage of Scripture that is like, woo. Because God, Peter continues to give you illustration after illustration after illustration of, 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 of these false teachers. And that we need to make sure that we are following after God. We are following after God. So I want to end with this. I have decided to follow Jesus. Now, before you sing any more there. Um, so it's written by a Christian who already, his, his eyes were opened eyes of faith. He responded to God with uh, repentance, forgiveness, asking for forgiveness, confession, 
uh, rising in obedience. And this person who wrote this song is being persecuted, being persecuted uh, uh, to, against their faith. And, and they've write their this song. I have decided that this is they're standing in that place, saying, "I I turned over my life to Jesus Christ. He I see that He surrendered everything for me, and I'm I'm I've surrendered my life to Him now." Okay, so I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Stop right there. Because you have to think about the nuns, not the N-U-N, the N-O-N, <laughs> yes. Okay, you got to think about the nuns. Who are some of the nuns in your life? Yeah, lots of times family is the first thing that comes up. And, and does your, your children need to know that even if none go with you, still I still will follow him. You know, my grandkids need to know that even though none, and now we're praying desperately, but none go with me, still I will follow. Think about some of the nuns. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. Stop. Because I tell you, sometimes the world gets right in your face. And the world's right in your face. And at times, you have to do this, don't you? You have to push the world aside so you can see the cross again. I thought about that. I'm going to get a cross put up there so I can see the cross every time I preach. But anyways, the world can get right in your face and you need to push the world aside so that you see the cross again. That's what I'm going toward. I'm going toward the cross. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Stop. <laughs> kind of a pattern, isn't it? Yeah. Stop. See, I truly believe that God has opened up some eyes of faith to, to look at the cross and realize that He died on the cross for my sins. He died on the cross for my sins. And the response to that, the response to that is belief and repentance and rising in obedience to follow after him. And for and, and on our level, on our level, there is a time that we say he surrendered all, and I'm surrendering all. And that's why that now is so important. Will you decide now? To follow Jesus. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back. No turning back. Okay, 
I'm going to give you one more shot. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though turning back, no turning back. I'm waiting for something. The world behind me, His cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The woo! Stop! 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 No! 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 It's the guy behind you. It's the guy behind you. I, it, can I sneak through here? Yeah! Yeah! Forrest, why are you standing up? I didn't tell anybody to stand up. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody to stand up, Forrest. I knew I, knew I, had, I knew I had to. Okay, but I didn't tell you to stand up. Why? Why did you stand up? I decided to follow Jesus. Right? There are things in our lives today, and this is one of those things, that you have to stand. You have to stand. You... You, it, it hits you so hard. You know, I have decided to follow Jesus. When you sang that line, there are some people, maybe tears would flow down their face because it was quite a decision in the direction they were going. The, uh, though none go with me, there'd be different tears that would go down through your face because, because there's some loved ones that are in your nuns that haven't known Christ. The world behind me has crossed before me. Maybe another set of tears because maybe the, the world is right there and been there right in your face and, and you're just trying to push it aside so you can still see Jesus. Still see Jesus. Uh, there was a time I was at a pastor's conference um, and uh, we were getting back from a, a, a break in the session and we were coming back into the sanctuary and we were going to do uh, uh, the next session and the, the guy up on the keys uh, started playing and um, the, he was singing, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And we're all sitting there doing the same thing that everybody else did here. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Not exactly like that, but, but when it gets to the chorus, this is my story, this is my song. Man, I could not contain myself. I stood up on the chair. I, I, this is my story. I mean, that, I'm, I'm, I know I'm making a big deal about this, but when it comes to this, when it comes to your salvation, when it comes to speaking about the God, you need to have that within you. Otherwise, false teachers come in. False teachers come in, and, and you can easily be taken away by them. So thank you, Forrest. I mean, I'm glad you're like, okay, I can't sit here down here anymore. I got I to gotta stand up. I got to stand up. So the world behind me, the cross before me, 
The world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back, no turning back. Funny little caveat to what I just did there. When I was thinking through this, I thought, who's going to be the first one to stand? And I really thought it was going to be Phil. I was really glad it was Forrest. Oh, he was that close. He was that close. That close. We're going to close with a song. But I don't want us to forget those words right now. You might be standing here right now and go, you know what? I see that he has surrendered all for me. And I see him as the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I need to now surrender my life to him. And to live for him the rest of these days. The rest of these days. So let that question still be lingering in your mind this morning as we close out with this song. So it's pretty striking as Adam shares from Second Peter at the end of the scriptures near the end of the scriptures, we go back to the beginning, early in Genesis, and the biggest threat for God's people is still the same thing. It's idolatry. And just as much today as when the time Peter wrote, and going back to the, to the beginning, idolatry is the biggest threat to us. In, uh, in the book of Jeremiah, um, which is a hard, hard book, Jeremiah both prophesies and witnesses the, the fruit of idolatry. And that's utter destruction, exile. It's bad. So my prayer for you, my prayer for me, is that, um, is that we would hear what God says in the midst of Jeremiah, in the midst of all this. In chapter 9, verses 23 through 24, God says, this is what the Lord says, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast of his strength or the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast about this, that I am the Lord who practices kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight. So my prayer for all of us is that we may know the one true God who is all three of those things together all the time. Amen.